It's Friday, September 29th, 2023, and I'm Dave Sobel. Three things to know today. Overworked and underpaid, what tech salary declines mean for providers. The return to office or not, the struggle for management to make the case, and the Q3 2023 diversity report and some big ideas. This is the business of tech. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're going to talk about all the pressures of working today. IT and security teams are taking on more responsibilities as corporate networks expand with hybrid work and cloud adoption. In a study commissioned by Cloudflare, 52% of IT security professionals are now responsible for ensuring the security of on-site and remote workers compared to five years ago. Additionally, 46% have taken on the task of managing and securing applications in public cloud platforms or data in SaaS environments, which was not part of their role in the past. The IT professionals are finding it increasingly difficult to handle these new tasks, with 30% describing managing and securing public cloud platforms and data in those SaaS environments as significantly more complex today than in 2020. According to Hired's 2023 State of Tech Salaries report, tech salaries in the U.S. has dropped, with local roles experiencing a 3% decline and salaries reaching their lowest point in the past five years. Junior talent with less than four years of experience saw the most significant decrease in salary at nearly 5% year-on-year, and the demand for junior staff also declined. However, the tech industry still offers an average salary of $158,000, nearly double that of a U.S. knowledge worker. IT growth is leading to increased burnout among professionals due to excessive workloads, long hours, lack of recognition, and lack of challenges. Incidents and glitches demand their attention, causing frustration for both IT teams and end-users. 57% indicate they get more incidents than they can handle, and 49% are repetitive and automatable. Lack of organizational support and awareness exacerbates the problem, leading to attrition and alert fatigue. According to a survey by Bamboo HR, nearly half of workers at 44% regret taking a job within a week of starting it. The survey also found that 70% of employees decide if their job is right for them within the first month, and on average, employees figure it out within seven weeks. Poor onboarding experiences and inconsistent expectations from managers were cited as reasons for job regret. The survey highlights the importance of a clear company vision and culture during hiring. Why do we care? If you want to know why I talk about cloud management, it's that 46% of IT professionals that now manage cloud platforms. We can take our cues from internal IT on this one. There's a need. I'd also be remiss if I didn't note how the workloads are simply ever increasing. With 49% of IT incidents being repetitive and automatable, MSPs and IT providers can offer value by implementing automation solutions that handle these repetitive tasks it must also make sure they're automating that for themselves to reduce alert fatigue and attrition. Providers are in an exciting spot. 
They can market themselves as a cost-effective, outsourced alternative to in-house IT teams that are already overstressed. But remember, you can't simply move that labor cost into your own business. You'd better be significantly more efficient at delivering the service. You, too, are facing salary costs. The demand for remote jobs has surged, making them increasingly difficult to find. With large companies ordering employees to return to the office, remote job listings have decreased significantly. On LinkedIn, only 9% of job postings last month were fully remote, down from a peak of 21% in March 2022. As a result, competition for remote roles has intensified, with applicants facing slim odds of success. Many job seekers are willing to take pay cuts or accept lower-level positions in their quest for remote work. The scarcity of remote job opportunities has forced some to give up and return to traditional office settings. The competition for remote jobs is expected to intensify in the coming months as more companies enforce return to office mandates. According to a Deloitte survey, hybrid workers are more likely to feel stressed or burned out compared to fully remote workers. The lack of structure in the hybrid work model may contribute to this additional stress. However, despite these challenges, a high percentage of hybrid workers still report satisfaction in their jobs. The hybrid model offers flexibility and the opportunity for both remote work and in-person collaboration, which can lead to greater work-life balance and improved relationships with family. And let's get what's into really driving those back-to-office mandates. As the mandates become more serious, management is struggling to come up with a clear strategy. Many employees are still awaiting a quantifiable case for the need to return to the office and concrete plans from CEOs and management. Some firms are ordering employees back to the office as a way to reduce headcount rather than based on data or real estate planning. The effectiveness of recent return to office mandates is unclear, as many companies have not provided specifics on the impact of the policies. The debate about returning to the office is ongoing, with some companies embracing remote work and others pushing for a full return. The lack of a clear and well-researched reason for returning to the office has led to employee skepticism and resistance. And this one just for fun. A new study published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences found that fully remote workers could produce less than half the climate warming emissions compared to those who work in offices. Why do we care? It's no secret that I'm pro-remote work. There's a list of benefits, like employees want the option, it lowers stress, higher quality of life, and oh, let's add that cherry on top of the sundae that it can even help with the climate. So watching management flail without a quantifiable case for a return to office baffles me. I also continue to focus on the space because there are opportunities to leverage. Providers should offer robust remote work solutions. This can make their clients more attractive employers, potentially negating the need for a fully in-office mandate. Providers could offer targeted solutions to mitigate stress, such as secure and seamless switching between home and office environments. Providers could provide consulting services to help companies communicate their tech-related reasons for office returns backed by data. MSPs can provide skill matching services and job role analysis services that help companies identify which roles best suit remote, in-office, or hybrid models. They could offer more nuanced employee productivity monitoring tools to provide a data-backed view. You know, just saying, there's some options. 
Each quarter, this podcast releases our research data on the makeup of IT leadership, broken down by race and sex. By surveying public websites, we're looking to track the change over time. This quarter, we surveyed 300 companies and 4,382 humans across those organizations. 48% vendors, 48% technology providers. This quarter, we found that 89.9% are white and 3.19% are black. The breakdown is also 78.1% male. This is nearly identical to last quarter, although roughly 0.4% more black. The data remains similar between vendors and tech providers, although our tech provider percentage is now approximately 2% higher than the combined number. Only when we look at publicly traded or Fortune 100 companies do the numbers improve for women, still at roughly 25%. The racial divide remains within 2%. And also of note, this data has been relatively consistent since we began the report in September 2020. Imposter syndrome, characterized by self-doubt and feelings of inadequacy, disproportionately affect high-achieving women. Around 25-30% to 30% of high achievers may suffer from imposter syndrome, with women of color being more affected. A study by KPMG found that 75% of executive women have experienced imposter syndrome, and 74% believe their male counterparts do not experience self-doubt as much. Overcoming imposter syndrome can be achieved by seeking mentorship, surrounding oneself with a supportive network, reflecting on accomplishments, celebrating successes, and embracing a positive mantra. Why do we care? As women enter more of these roles, cybersecurity protocols may need to adapt to new targeted attacks, such as gender-based phishing schemes. Providers could offer specialized security services for a diverse workforce. Have you considered alternative versions? Providers could develop or offer tools that allow companies to track diversity metrics, thus actively improving those numbers quickly. And really going out with a big idea, providers could provide diversity and inclusion consulting as part of their service portfolio, helping companies improve their internal statistics, which could benefit socially, mitigate risk, and improve decision-making. My main takeaway is that doing the same thing we're doing now isn't getting results. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey listeners, thanks for listening. Rather than a fun day of, today marks the four-year anniversary of the Business of Tech podcast. I'm so honored you've been with me on this journey. In that time, the show has grown to be a top 50 tech news podcast and number one among MSPs, with 64% reporting they've listened to the show. More importantly, I hear such great feedback about how much you value the show. For the show's birthday, there's three huge things you can do, which would be great birthday gifts. First, make sure you're a subscriber on your platform of choice, be it Apple, Spotify, Google, or YouTube. That's the number one thing you can do. Follow the show. Second, take one extra moment and share the podcast with someone in the community you think should be listening. And finally, hit the like button each time or write a review on your platform. 
and keep hitting like on new episodes. Really, all these things make a huge difference. If you're a vendor, now is a great time to talk about sponsoring the show. I can make your budget work. I promise. Reach out at mspradio.com slash engage. Thank you for listening to me these past four years. Here's on to the fifth. The Business of Tech is written and produced by me, Dave Sobel, under ethics guidelines posted at businessof.tech. Like the content? Support the show at patreon.com slash mspradio or buy our Why Do We Care merch at businessof.tech. If you want to reach our listeners, visit mspradio.com slash engage. Part of the MSP Radio Network.